Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And welcome to Draft Day 2023, baby. It feels so freaking good to say those words. Uh, this is my favorite podcast to do every single year. I want to talk about some draft philosophy to start, and then me and Justin will do our final mock drafts. Justin, it's the only mock draft he does. And we're here, man, months of preparation, doing this stuff in season, looking at this stuff last summer, and now we are finally at a place where we know that the Giants are about to add 10 new players to their team, undrafted free agents, and I am ready for it. Bobby Skinner, the chat, what's going on? We don't go live that all that often for episodes, but this is a big one. We unveil our mock drafts. The New York football Giants are going to be a better football team by the end of the weekend, then even hopefully by Thursday night, if they don't fully just trade out of the first round, which maybe they'll trade back. Um, maybe they will. Maybe they'll find the dance partner. And even if they trade back, uh, I would hope that they at least select somebody in round one. So let's get better. Let's do it. Let's mock it up. Yeah, this is this pick at pick 25, man, is really about getting the best player for this team in the future. And I, again, I keep on repeating myself. I'm just so excited. Like, it is tireless work getting ready for the draft. Like, this is my draft, you know, my 2023 draft mm, day. Dave put, put it in paper every year. Yeah. It's obviously digitized by the Joe Shane. And this is, listen, we talked about, like, Joe Shane as a philosophy-wise. Like, he does things the right way. Like, we believe in Joe Shane as a smart guy who understands football. But something that is yet to be seen and is really as why I love football is, is as – you know, if baseball's like, you got to have analytics, analytics, and f- analytics is important football. But at the end of the day, being a good team is about what you do on this day every single year. Yep. Do you draft good players or not? It really comes down to that. Like, yep. there's a lot more that goes into it, but that is the main thing on how good can you win a Super Bowl? Because what it comes down to, unless you're the LA Rams, it comes down to what do you do at the in the last week of April every single year? That's what it comes down to, and I love football for a lot of reasons, but that's a cool thing that it comes down to, is this guy good? And we don't know that with Joe Shane yet. You know, we had uh, one draft so far. A lot of guys didn't play. You know, we have some good ideas on some guys, but these last year's draft and this year's draft really does shape the future for you. You know, like it did with Dave Gettleman. You know, those drafts shape the future for his future, and I'm very, very excited for it to see what what this uh, Giants team does. Yeah, and really, Bobby, I think my main like draft speech last year was the Giants' offense in particular was one of the least explosive offenses in the National Football League, and the main priority of the 2022 draft was to find a way to get more explosive on offense and then just kind of fill out the roster a little bit on defense. And it's so weird how, in a way, we're in a similar spot. Like, the offense needs to get way more explosive except it was just super impressive to see how the 2022 Giants operated in spite of not being explosive, right? But we're looking at how are we going to add wide receiver? How are we going to add interior offensive line that will give Daniel Jones more time to throw more downfield concepts? We know that was a thing last year, that the Giants were not confident in their offensive line to deliver those downfield concepts. Not having a wide receiver one or not having enough wide receivers, not having enough depth, that was also a reason to not get explosive and to not throw the ball down the field. So we're looking for the same thing this year. And then again, we are in general, especially when you look on the defensive side of the ball, we are continuing to look for just good players and decent players to add to this Giants roster. And that's where I'm going to go with my thing today. Is It's easy to talk about best player available and you have to take best player available. But obviously there is 
you miss, right? So it's not like it's a easy, we know this guy's going to be better. But that's why I think you should take the guy that you're most confident to be a good player. Now, before we get into all of this, this episode was brought to you by some special people. We got Dan Took, reminds me of Tupac for some reason. Matt Cezaluga, uh, John Loons or Lunds, and then Jack Graham, the brother of Patrick Graham. Justin, who are these people? Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers to get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. We'll be live on Patreon uh, Thursday night, probably like Friday morning because it'll be that late. Uh, we'll be talking about the Giants' first-round pick. We'll be talking about recapping their first round. Um, and you get to – Bobby Skinner will send you some magnets. Very uh, good nope, way to some support stickers. us. And it's, and it's the best way to support us. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. There's some shirt giveaways, too. Yeah, I got it. I actually am behind on one of those, so make sure you, to get in on it. All right, Justin. And this is – we've been talking about this as we've got led up to this, that, hey, the Giants do have needs. Like, there's still a need for wide receiver. Like, a lot of these – most of these guys are here on one-year deals or are are not huge pieces for the future. The Giants don't have a single guy who started at center in the NFL. There's needs. But the Giants roster, despite making it to the second round of the playoffs, has a lot of needs. The Giants' biggest need is to add – Great and good players. Yeah, That is the Giants' biggest need right now. And I want to look at history and talk about forcing needs or being like, we don't need this. Guess what? You will, though. You will, though. And that's where I'm going with this, Justin. I want to look at positions of strength and and positions that if we were in that draft, we'd say, we can't draft this position. We can't draft this position. And we're going to look at the Giants. Remember the Giants' defensive line room in 2020? One of the best in the league. Had Leonard Williams. Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill, Austin Johnson. Those guys, once Dex will get, gets paid, will average, all of those guys together will average $15 million per year in their contracts. Their fifth guy is going to be make, is making $7 million a year in uh, Austin Johnson. B.J. Hill is making $10 million a year. Dalvin Tomlinson, 15. Leonard Williams, 21 a year. And Dex is about to be the highest paid out of all those guys. That was an awesome defensive line group, right? Justin, how bad, just two years later, was the Giants' defensive tackle group? It's bad. How bad? Where they couldn't take Dexter Lawrence off the field. They couldn't take him off the field, or teams would run up the gut on them. And even then, they were able to run the gut up on them. Remember in 2021, when the Giants, we were talking about, and rightfully so, this is probably a top five secondary in the NFL. You got James Bradbury and Adore Jackson to starting corners. That's a that's one of the best cornerback duels in the NFL, if not the best. And then your safety room, you have Xavier McKinney. Wouldn't even realize Xavier McKinney was going to break out like he did in 2021. You had Logan Ryan just fresh off a contract. Jabril Peppers. It, the question was, we had the Jabril Peppers was getting less reps, and he's a really good safety, and still is despite tearing, uh, having an injury that year. Guess what? One year later, that 2021 draft would have people been mad, like, oh, we're taking Patrick Sertan. We're taking J.C. Horn. We're here. One year later, the Giants were starting Fabian Moreau and Jason Pinnock in their secondary. So that position, well, we can't take that position. And I kind of fell in that boat where I was like, I really don't want a corner out of this class. Now, part of that class is you had such studs of Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater who were available to them at 11. But corner, we're like, oh, we don't need a corner. We need this. We need this. One year later, it's a very weak secondary. So needs change fast and strengths go away really quickly in the NFL. So that is why you go best player available. And I want to look at some examples of teams that fill the need in their first round pick. 2017, fresh off the playoffs. Giants need speed on the field. They need tight ends. They got to get this offense going. Let's get a tight end. Let's get this fast tight end, right? That puts us closer, right? That gives us closer to a Super Bowl in 2017. Who would you rather have, the guy they drafted in Evan Ingram or TJ Watt, who was taken five picks later? But guess what? TJ Watt won't have fit a need. We had JPP and Olivier Vernon. Mm-hmm. You had Snacks Harrison on the D-line. You had, uh, I think Hankins left that year. But guess what? Evan, Evan Ingram was the need. We needed a tight end. You can't roll out Will Die or Will Tie for another year. But guess what? Now, I think we'd much rather have TJ Watt as the dra- Giants draft pick. Yeah. The 2019 Ravens got to add a wide receiver. You need wide receiver help. They take Hollywood Brown, who wasn't even a bad He's not even a bad player. Guess what? Would they rather have Montez Sweat, who went one pick later? Yeah which wasn't a, necess- a dire need for the Ravens, would they, who would they rather have now? Hollywood Brown or Montez Sweat? 2020, Dolphins need an offensive tackle. The big four go away. 
Andrew Thomas, Wirfs, Becton, Wills, they all go away. They take Austin Jackson in the, in the, with the 20th pick. Ugh. Who do you think the, the Dolphins would ha- rather have? Their offensive tackle need filled? Guess what? It didn't get filled because Austin Jackson wasn't good. Who do you think they'd rather have? Austin Jackson or Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk right now? Who do you think they'd rather have? 2021, Giants signed Kenny Galladay, but they still want to get wide receivers. They take Kadarius Tony. Got to get more weapons for Daniel Jones. That season was over. We got to get more weapons. We got to get more weapons, even though this, the scheme was the main, major issue that year. Who would you rather have, Kadarius Tony or Christian Darisaw, who was taken uh, three picks later? So that's where my point is. Is Guess what? The Giants have 10 picks with a lot of needs, and people want to fill those needs, right? Well, when we look back in four years, we're going to be extremely lucky to have three of these players be good. So guess what? Dress drafting players... It's not a guarantee to fill your need. So what? I, this is why I truly believe, and within reason, the Giants should not take a quarterback, a running back, or an offensive tackle early. And tight end is the one position I'll be hypocritical on and say, we got Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger. I don't want yeah. a tight end early. There's more arguments as to why you don't take tight ends like in the first round, but yes. But drafting a lesser player for a need doesn't necessarily fill that need because guess what? Lesser players can turn into lesser players in the NFL. And now guess what? That need you filled? That player stinks too. So this is about getting better players. And two, three years from now, looking back at this and be like, man, we hit on four to five guys of those. We have mm-hmm. three good players in that draft, two serviceable, one guy who came in as a special teamer. That's what the draft is about is getting good players. And the Giants are still have too many needs, have too many weaknesses to not say, say uh, we like this player better, but gosh, we need a wide receiver. And we're yeah. going to go through our 10-man big board for the Giants. Wide receiver is – it's four to six for me. So again, there's players there, and I would love for them to fill a need. And you know, like obviously, ideal you want best player available to meet need, and that's happened for the Giants in the past few years because they've been picking so high. Right. But at pick twenty five, we're, we're not doing that. Guess anymore. what? There's going to be someone who's probably going to be a really good player who falls for some reason, and I don't want to fill in. I don't want to pass on that guy to fill a need. Yeah, and honestly, man, the Giants have done a good job. So I compared the Giants this year and our draft talking points. This year, I compared it to last year. But the Giants roster is in a very different spot compared to last year. We're now, like, you know, I asked you today, how many guys are on, like, this 90, you know, this 90, you know, out of 90, the road to 90, how many guys are on it? And there, you, I think there's around, like, maybe 75. They have 10 picks here. They may trade back at some points, you know, get they may trade up at certain points. So it won't exactly, they won't exactly be walking away with 85. They may make some cuts to sign some more UDFAs. But the Giants rosters at a different point because what they have done in free agency over the last two years but especially this year they've added pieces kind of everywhere so that the dire positions of need that we had last year where it was like every single position was a dire was a dire position of need right you know edge rusher dire position of need cornerback kind of a dire position of need without James Bradbury uh wide wide receiver wasn't a dire position a tight end dire position of need right but now that the roster is kind of filled out in a lot of different areas, they don't have a lot of dire positions of need, which makes this draft so exciting because I do kind of think the Giants will hopefully view it in a similar way that you do, that they don't, they may not force a wide receiver at the top. They may not force, hopefully they won't, a center at the top like a John Michael Schmitz. They have the flexibility of guys on the roster. They didn't have that last year, and Joe Shane has also talked about in you know, the most recent press conference, he has talked about, you know, we don't look at just what's going on this year. We are looking at the roster and what is going to be happening two, three years down the line and how we can add guys to kind of, you know, sustain for the future. What is, you know, compete for today, build for tomorrow, you know, whatever that, whatever that phrase is. I think it's true. And hopefully we'll see it in this, in this draft class. Absolutely. I want you uh, read an ad and then we will get into our mock drafts for the, for let's read an ad. We have producer Jeff here. I'm going to leave him on the ropes in terms of who we're going to talk about first. White box. There we go. Lightbox is a new sponsor. Uh, Just in case you don't know, Lightbox, they provide jewelry because Mother's Day is coming up. You know, get whoever in your life, whether it's your mother, whether it's your significant other, I want you to get the rock in your life, the rock they deserve. That's not on the ad read. That's my brain right there. How do you like that? Looking for some gifting help this Mother's Day. We love you, Lightbox. I want to get Lightbox a Lightbox. (laughs) Mind blown. 
Let Lightbox lab-grown diamonds do all the work for you this Mother's Day. Lightbox, they make lab-grown diamonds you'll love. With pricing, you'll understand. Pricing and numbers are not my thing. From sparkly studs to brilliant necklaces, we're looking to add a few studs during this NFL draft. These gems will make their jaw drop. Whether it's for your mom or your spouse, getting her a stunning stone from Lightbox lab-grown diamonds is a guaranteed win like the pick at 25 is going to be a guaranteed win for the Giants. so this year skip the socks instead become mvp of mother's day with the gift she'll never forget the light box in a sock to trick her that's a good idea she'll be like oh this is so fucked up this is she gets terrible like you get something needy always like i came to new york i was like let me buy you know eight eight pairs of socks to get up here let me get some freshy socks for the trip is that actually what you did yeah but make sure you get the light box too. Make sure you get light box. And I want you to use promo code Talkin Giants10. That's T A L K I N Giants10 for 10% off your purchase. Shop Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds and use Talkin Giants10 for 10% off your purchase. Thanks, Light. Thank you to Lightbox. You'll be glad you did. All right, Justin. It's time for our annual mock draft. This used to be the only mock draft we would both do, but now that we are more relevant on YouTube, it's like we it would be stupid to not put mock drafts out you it's if people love mock drafts including me like it's i don't even read articles but if you put out mock drafts like giant seven round i'm just gonna look like i just want to see who you pick i like talking about them a lot <clears throat> i don't like doing them i like doing them now it's a lot harder with three seventh round picks the last couple of years we've been able to like get yeah. done with the sixth round we're good let it's leave tough. all those seventh rounders for the peasants but we're gonna <laughs> identify some seventh rounders for the giants you're gonna love these well we're going to love you. You are going to love these seventh round picks. That we get. Oh, yeah. Once we get them, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Right, so let's get into it. Round one, pick 25. I am taking. I'm speaking into existence. This, this guy has been there for a lot of mock drafts I did. And I actually did a live mock draft that was 32 like people who did us for different teams. Sure. So they know their needs, what they want, listening to rumors. And this guy was there. And I'm going pit defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi. I am speaking this into existence. This is my Andrew Thomas 2.0. Now, we knew Andrew Thomas would be there at four. Six foot one, 281 pounds, 30 and 5 inch inch arms. That doesn't sound fun, right? Like he's in the 20th percentile for weight. He's in the one percentile for arms. Like there's there's comparisons to Aaron Donald, and I think some of those are, are true. But Aaron Donald had longer arms than him. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have John Randall, who was the same size as arm length. But again... Andre Patterson, the Giants D-line coach, did coach John Randall. Not as a rookie, but still coached him. Justin, here's why I want Kalijah Kansi. He has the best film in this class on defense yeah. outside of Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter. And there's even times where his film is a little better than Jalen Carter's, but Jalen Carter is more well-rounded in his film. That's why, as a defensive tackle, he has a elite pass rushing ability using speed, using moves, using his feet. And guess what? We talk about a guy who's 281 pounds, short arms. Best bull rush reps in this in this draft class outside of Carter is Kalijah Kansi. Yeah. Now, does Mozzie Smith out of Michigan have more power in it? Yeah. But the best just get an offensive lineman on their heels and getting their ass in the lap of the quarterback. Kalijah Kansi is the one that does that. He is elite. Now, again, with that size... You're going to have him used more as a one-gap player. You're not going to have him two-gapping a ton. But guess what? He had some good stuff two-gapping. And in the run, I thought he held up in the run better than most of the defensive tackles that are going in the top 100. Yeah. Really, only Carter and Mozzie Smith, to me, were better in the run game. Really, only two. Like, Keanu Benton's a guy that everyone likes. Kalijah Kansi, obviously, Benton's not going first round, but he's marked to go in the in top middle of the second round. Kansi is much better in the run. One, having those initial quick wins, getting into the gap type stuff, which matters. Tackles for a loss, just like sacks, can help end drives. It puts you in, it takes from first and 10 to put you in the second 12 and second and 13. That's a big difference between second and eight. It's a big difference. And when he faces doubles, he splits them. Like he can give up a little ground initially, but he anchors down and fights for them. So again, we're going to go through our 10 man big board of realistic after we, after you talk about your pick. But Kalijah Kansi is my guy, and I will – I maybe two years from now, three years from now, I'll look dumb on this, but I really feel like the oh, – I hope the NFL overthinks this and the Giants end up with Kalijah Kansi out of pit. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Um, Kalijah Kansi and then the other guy that I'm going to take at, at pick 25, those are my two, like, 
I think you're like top 20, top 15 players, but maybe the NFL doesn't view you as that because of maybe the position that you play. And because of your size, you know, Kalijah Kansi doesn't have the best frame. But with Kalijah Kansi, don't overthink it. That's the phrase that I've been saying over and over again about Kansi. Don't overthink it. Let the film, let the production do the talking for you. And if you want to draft, like drafting a player in round one, I think you kind of want to draft a playmaker, right? Kind of want to draft a guy that's going to make plays for you um, and that's going to have a real impact that even, yeah, you can measure it by sacks, by pressures, by catches, um, or even like looking at a tackle, like a left tackle. You can see the value in having a tackle. And I think Kalijah Kansi can and will bring that value to any NFL team that he's drafted to. He will bring that value. He brings that athleticism. His trump card of athleticism is better than like 95, 99% of guys in this draft class. He has I, one percentile arms, 99 percentile film. He tweeted that yeah. too, and I, I, I loved it. <laughs> um, and... Like, hey, the Giants just signed Ashawn Robinson. They got Nacho, who's not – he's an average at best player. But Ashawn Robinson here is on a one-year deal. Leonard Williams is on a one-year yeah. deal. If anything, it's like, okay, you don't have to throw this guy in there right away. They're, you can let him get some adjustment. But I think he'll be a playmaker from day one, even if there is some issues. Yeah, yeah. And it puts and it puts the Giants in a spot because they have the depth, which is nice. Because they have the depth, it's not a guy that they need to run out. 80%, 70% of the snaps in year one, he can come in there, be situational, and kind of just learn, but also be a dude and be the type of player that he is right now. Um, so that, I love that Kalaja Kansi pick. Um, if you went in a different direction, um, we did plan out our round one pick. We didn't plan out the rest of the draft, but uh, we planned out our round one pick because I'm like, I have a feeling we may lined, line up with the same player. Um, I would have taken Kansi if you didn't take Kansi. So I am taking round one, pick 25. Um, I am taking Brian Branch, uh, safety out of Alabama, uh, six foot, 190 pounds, uh, 30 and three quarters inch arms. Uh, he's 21 and he's turning 22 in the month of October. So it fits Joe Shane's mold of drafting guys that are young. Um, this guy is a high f- football IQ guy. He's fearless. He plays bigger than what his size is. There are very little weaknesses to his game. And I like the versatility. You know, during our draft preview, we did preview Brian Branch in our safety draft preview. I said, is he a slot corner? Is he a safety? And you just said, kind of forget about that. The dude is going to play everywhere, and he's a versatile piece that you can put all around the football field. So, yeah. Reminds you, know, you of McKinney, honestly. It, it, it does. You know, and even you, know, you, you can even say, like, Micah Fitzpatrick, too. I thought McKinney was a little bit more of, like, a safety. Like, I could see the safety in him at Alabama, whereas Brian Branch, like, I see a slot corner. I see a guy that could be a successful slot corner in the NFL so he can have a game where he plays most of the snaps at slot corner. Maybe if there's a receiver that isn't the most shifty in the world, a slot wide receiver, right? But there could be a game where he's playing primarily in the box because he is a fearless player. He had 24 run stops at Alabama, which is valuable. That kind of stuff is valuable. He had nine forced incompletions, so he can make plays on the football um, you know, in the secondary as well. This is a guy that can go all over the field. He can play deep two at safety. So if Brian Branch is there, it's one of those pick. It's one of those picks that I'm making that it's don't overthink it. I have Brian Branch like on my board higher than Flowers. I have him higher than Jordan Addison. Um, so I'm not overthinking it. I'm getting a versatile piece that Wink Martindale would love to use on his defense. Yeah, I mean, again, Wink, this is a guy – you don't draft a guy just for scheme. But this guy fits the scheme as in he can do it all. Yeah. Um, like you said, like blitzing. He had, I think he had 14 tackles for a loss this year in the run game, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. You can put him in slot, put him at deep. You can just move him around. Kind of, again, similar to the way McKinney uh, was coming out of Alabama, and McKinney didn't test grade the combine. And same uh, – same, same with Brian Branch. You know, Brian Branch's weakness in his game is that he can get beat deep at, from, like, the corner position. You know, like Jalen Hyatt had a post route on him. Now he was an off coverage in that. And then Texas had beat him deep. So that's, like, the weakness in his game. Um, and that's why, like, he isn't a Minka Fitzpatrick-type prospect, even though he's a Minka Fitzpatrick-type player. So, I, I again, I have him playing safety. But so let's go through – our 10-man big board, just quick. Sure. We're not going to explain much of it. Just read through it. So we put together 15 players that will not be there at pick 25 for the Giants so we can create a 10-man. We did uh, uh, the quarterbacks, the four, wide receiver JSN, O-line, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Skaronsky, cornerback Witherspoon Gonzalez, Porter Jr. Even though Porter Jr. could maybe be maybe. there. yeah. Um, and then edge, we did Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, and Van Ness, and D-line, Jalen Carter. 
So my just quick go through it. My 10-man big board, based off of those 15 guys not being there, it's Kalijah Kansi, Brian Branch, yep, Miles Murphy, who I think is a little underrated, then the wide receivers, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, Brian Brzee, Deontay Banks, Emmanuel Forbes, and then VJ Ojolari. I think we might have the same exact 10. I put them in a little bit of a different order, and then I also tiered it, by the way. So Kalijah Kansi slash Brian Branch. I have have them on the same tier, and I have them, uh, and I have them up top. Jordan Addison... Quentin Johnston. Do you say Quentin Johnson? Yeah, he's my six. Quentin, uh, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers. I kind of just lumped the receivers together. Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, and then I have trade. So I, I like if those guys are gone, like I, I'm, I am finding a trade partner. Right? I may even find a trade partner. You know, kind of just in general, because part of me does love the idea of adding another top 100 pick because I do like the guys that, like the guys that are projected to go 50 to 100. There's a lot more guys that I like in that range than compared to 25. And would you? Would, I think you would agree with that. Yeah. You know, especially if you talk about interior offensive linemen. So Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, trade, Deontay Banks, Brian Bruzzy, BJ Ojolari. By it's by the way, it's a YouTube commenter said he went to high school with Brian Bruzzy. Oh, I, I it's Br- he Brzee. Said, he said okay. I was right. It's Brian Bruzzy. So I Brzee. win. I win again. All right, round two, pick 57. This for what it's worth, can this, I just say this, this too? Should, go ahead. Um, for what it's worth, I I'm confident that the Giants like really like Zay Flowers more than Jordan Addison. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm I'm confident. I don't think Zay Flowers is going to be there, so that's why I think Jordan Addison is the likely pick at 25. But if Zay Flowers is there, he's the Giants pick. Now this this should be the number one pick in the draft, and that's DraftKings. Oh, okay. Are you ready, Jeff? All right. The baseball season. I I, I wanted to catch Jeff off guard for, for caught the, me off for guard. the ad displays. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do on a podcast is catch people off guard. I do it yeah. to Justin all the time. The baseball season is in full swing. I'm about ready to go to the baseball game after this, like little you know, relax before the you know calm before the storm. The baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team like the Mets at this game I'm going to, or betting on your favorite player, I don't even know who they're playing. I think it's the Nationals, right, Jeff? Yeah, there's a Nationals player that's coming to the John Boy Media office tomorrow. So yes, they are playing the Nationals. Trey Turner, right? Nope. He was he was here a hot second ago. Does he still play for the Nationals? Uh, no, he he's a Philadelphia Philly. Oh wow. DraftKings Sportsbook has got oh, you wow. covered for all this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a five dollar pregame money line bet and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit uh, one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. So, this Mets national games I go to, I got to put like $5 on something, right? right? Hit Alonzo, hit a home run. Yeah, that's actually a good one. That makes his bats that fun. Join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with code WORLD. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code WORLD. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline ma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsibility gambling resources and speeding. All right. Round two. We can do the next one right before the seventh round picks. Round two. Round two. Pick 57. This is a my guy pick. Praying this guy falls to 57. Even though I think he should go before this, but he's not being mocked there. From the U. Miami cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. Mm. Six foot, 198 pounds. A scheme independent corner. But guess what? He fits the scheme. The scheme. This guy can press with the best of them. Like he will displace a wide receiver with his jams and he will funnel you and and like squeeze you into the sideline and able to stick with you like he's not he he has good speed not great speed but the way he presses and uses man coverage techniques really good and you work him on like crossers he's able to undercut those and get to the catch space and then when he's playing off like off man coverage or in zone he is so great at anticipating the routes. And we talked about this on our, our cornerback draft preview. He reminds me so much of James Bradbury, where, again, not the greatest speed in the world, but has that press man ability 
and is just smart player where he can anticipate. Like no one anticipates better than James Bradbury. And this is essentially the same pick James Bradbury went for in his draft. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Tyreek Stevenson had a great senior bowl, really stood out and really jumped out to me there. Um, you know, this is a cornerback with length. This is an outside corner, right? Projects as an outside corner in the NFL. That's kind of what, hey, I'm not, the Giants need a lot of things. And, you know, the more corners that you can draft, uh, it's one of those positions that seems like the depth always kind of goes quick. Tyreek Stevenson is a super impressive player, and I'm glad you grabbed him in uh, round two, pick 57. Yeah, I'm very excited. But that's, that's just like, there's picks that we're like, oh, that's a good pick. Tyreek Stevenson at round 257 is a celebrate Bobby celebrates pick. Yeah. Like we remember the celebration pick. Yeah, this is a one of your guys. This is one yeah. of your guys yeah. in this draft class for sure. I'm kind of getting tired of the my guys thing because people yeah. like list like 20 players. It's like pick three. Mm-hmm. Pick three my guys. My yeah, guys are Kalaja Kansi, Tyreek Stevenson, and stay tuned later to the fourth round pick to Whoa. find the next one. Teaser. All right, Justin, who are you going uh, round two, pick 57? Round two, pick 57. So my my draft board my 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 war room they're a little bit mad at me that I didn't go Kalijah Kansi. they're a little mad that I went Brian Branch they're a little mad okay Keanu Benton's also on the board here I could I could make up for it and go interior D line right Mozzie Smith is also on the board I can go interior Mozzie D-line. Smith on the board wow on the board but I'm gonna go DJ Turner I am going back in the secondary Michigan cornerback Michigan cornerback DJ Turner 511 178 pounds 30 and three quarters inch arms from the University of Michigan 22 turning 23 in the month of November this is a little bit of a wild card pick for me and my first two picks here are a little funky because I said Brian Branch has slot safety versatility right DJ Turner a little bit shorter, a little bit smaller. One of his big weaknesses is is that if you put him up against kind of bigger wide receivers, that he will get maybe mossed a little yeah, bit. He struggles so, at the catch point. DJ Turner, he does have inside-outside versatility at college and at Michigan in what was a very man-coverage-heavy scheme at Michigan, which he very much fits with Wink Martindale. But I think DJ Turner is mostly going to be in the slot. Now, I still think need does matter in the second round. If we're hoping that Cordell Flock can kind of project to an outside corner, the Giants showed that they had enough depth last year to get by on the outside. It was that slot that they kind of got killed at certain points last year where we're looking at Darnay Holmes as a little susceptible to play. They did not want to run man cover towards the end of the year. Right, right. So DJ Turner, while he is a little bit smaller, his trump card is speed. Speed, 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 speed. One of the best athletes in this class with a 4.26 40-yard dash. Fastest the in the combine. 99th percentile ran the fastest 40-yard dash at that 4.26 and the fastest 20-yard split as well at a 2.32. His vertical jump and his broad jump were very elite in that category too. He tested, tested very well. He's a fluid athlete, and this is what shows up on film Fluid athlete, he plays hard, he mirrors targets very, very, very well. And even if he faces somebody who is bigger, he's going to compete and he's going to try, which, which is better than you know some of the other corners in this, in this class too. So he's competitive, he's going to fight tooth and nail to make a play and make a pass deflection. 20 pass deflections over the last two years. He's a physical player who isn't afraid to defend the run and make a hit. I would like him to see wrap up a little bit more, maybe use a shoulder. He's a guy with speed and technique to pair, and those things kind of pair with each other. Um, his feistiness and want to make a play, it can be a detriment at times as it leaves him a little off balance and in, and in bad spots to make plays on the ball and tackles. Plus, he's a little too overly grabby at the top of the routes as well. But I think it's simple. You have a guy here that does have inside-outside versatility, put him against slot wide receivers and maybe smaller outside wide receivers, and the guy has man experience that Wink Martindale wants, and he'll be one of the best athletes on the field for you. DJ Turner, round two, pick 57. Yeah, I. so DJ Turner's small but not tiny. Like he, There's outside corners who play at his size, but like you said, he struggles at the catch point, so that's why he kind of slides in there. But again, he is like his his testing numbers translate to the field, and some of his weaknesses almost are like he almost trusts his athleticism a little too yeah. much. Like he will kind of st- like he loves to stay in his backpedal because he wants to pounce forward. So he can almost stay in it too late. So that's very coachable stuff. So yeah, like slot corner is a starting corner in the NFL, right? Yeah. Like outside's a little more value, but slot corner is a starting corner in the NFL, and especially in a Wink Martindale defense where, hey, like if if you can have one of the best slot corners, that's very very valuable. So. So I like it. All right, round three, 
pick 89, I'm getting us a wide receiver. And guess what? I'm getting us a little size. I'm going Wake Forest wide receiver A.T. Perry. Mm. Six foot three and a half, 198 pounds. Justin, I don't know why he's not high, more highly like coveted. Like the only thing that's like thing that it could be to me is one, he will be 24 in October, so he's an older player. Um, and I think he's pretty damn fast, but not he's not like some elite burner. Like, but he's for being six foot three and a half, he is fast. And this guy consistently uncovers deep with great releases. Like he wins the release almost every single play, and he's a technician with his route running. Even though he doesn't have like the great burst out of routes, but at the stem of the route. My man knows how to use sell and get open. Like the same way, like Isaiah, we talk about Isaiah Hodgins. Like how does Isaiah Hodgins, who's not very fast, separate? You're not going to put him on a bunch of overs or have him beat uh, deep. Now, I think A.T. Perry has better speed, so you can use him in that stuff. It's by winning at the stem of the route, and that's the stuff I think A.T. Perry um, does well. And being smart. Yeah, like he's just a smart player. Now, again, for a 6'3 guy, he's not amazing in contested spots, but he does pull them down. Uh, pretty often, so I I really like At Perry. He's he's a guy I really like. Um, and the only thing that I could see like pushing him down from not being a second rounder is the fact that he'll be 24 in season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So At Perry is a another one of those guys that you're like you know you, you we talked about him during your during our wide receiver preview. And you're like I don't know why this guy isn't kind of projected to go a little higher here. And you're and you're taking him not maybe not necessarily at a spot where he's projected to go but you're taking him at a spot where you feel like he deserves to be picked yeah i mean i have him rated higher than 89 yeah so for sure a guy that hey this guy may not even make it to 89 but i can't control the mock draft simulator and this is one of my guys this is one of the earliest guys that i've looked at i am also going wide receiver bobby skinner and apparently it's been rumored the last couple days that the giants are kind of into this guy and i'm into that Jonathan Mingo is my round three pick, 89 pick. Jonathan Mingo is 6'2", 220 pounds, an Ole Miss wide receiver. He is age 22, turning 23, or he already did turn 23. He turned 23 on 420. Uh, hope he had a great 420 um, to all who celebrate. So, yeah, good size. Uh, what seems to be good speed and good quickness, too. We everybody, A lot of people know about Jonathan Mingo. He, he's, he's a freak. It's The rumors about him, like the last week of the draft, which are the rumors to believe the least, are like crazy, like like sneak into the first type stuff. So I don't yeah. know where he's going to go. But again, the la- last week of the draft is the worst time to believe any smoke because that's when people are putting out everything. Mm-hmm. But they have been crazy with Mingo. Yeah, uh, but I, I I feel like this round three pick 89 slot, I, I think he's going to inevitably maybe go higher than that. And I may even view him as a player that like I, I don't I don't gra- I don't consider myself a grader of players. What's your grade on him? Like a late second or early third. Okay. All right. So this but is this so was the like, are picking late third. This spot last year was where it's like all of the mocks had Leo Chanel there, and everyone's like, there's no way he lasts there. And Leo and Chanel did. went past what we we, we mocked him at last yeah. year. So, um, but the, Mingo started the mocks this are draft. usually pretty. The mock draft simulators, for the mo- which are the spot, depending on which one you use, are usually pretty reliable. Okay. Obviously, they're surprised and stuff. So, like we said, we, we go off of the. Pro Football Network mock draft simulator. You know we yeah. don't we don't make up our own stuff. But I mean, Mingo started this this draft process, and I and I first looked into Mingo in like maybe even like January because I was prepping. You know, we were prepping for the Senior Bowl. Mingo was down there, had a solid week. The draft network had him listed as like a fifth round player, and I my note was the draft network has him as a fifth round player. He should really be going higher? Question mark. And then lo and behold, uh, Jonathan Mingo. You know, it's now the end of April, and he's getting first round hype. So. um I think he's a freak. Uh, you know, it, he could be used as a as a big slot right away. Um, you know, he kind of gets disrupted off of his route a little bit if he if he is kind of pressed or if he is kind of you know with, if more physical corners can get his hands on him, which is kind of weird because he is six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, but I honestly do think he can develop into a an outside wide receiver. Um, and I think if a coach kind of just shakes him, being like, "Hey, man, use your size. Be physical. Be a dude." Um, I think Jonathan Mingo, it, his skill set is so transferable to the NFL level, including his blocking. Like, he is an insanely, insanely good blocker. Uh, Ole Miss would use him, would line him up, a, a, like, in line, like, as in a two-point stance behind the tackle in, like, goal line situations. It would be the most outrageous thing to see, but he did it, and he did it well. So, Jonathan Mingo is my round three uh, pick 89 guy, and I feel great that despite waiting until the end of the third round, I feel great about adding this wide receiver to the Giants' room. Yeah. All right, so we got seven picks left, so let's 
talk like a couple positives, one negative, and not do full evals on sure. going rest because we we do have some time constraints. I'm telling that to myself. So day 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 one and day two done. Now we enter day three. This is where it's like this can be the difference of being a good GM or a bad GM. Like Dave Gettleman over four years, you could talk. Oh, he has some good first round picks, some good second round picks. The man hit on two day three picks in four years. Julian Love and Darius Slayton. Two. Two. That is it. Hit on no third rounders except for BJ Hill, and he had to trade him away for a bad player in Billy Price and a pick. So round four, pick 128, my guy, Arkansas center, Ricky Stromberg. I'm filling the center need with a late a later pick, but I think this guy should go higher and he is a good athlete that plays with the demeanor to be an awesome center. And that's one of the main reasons I like him, like the demeanor he plays with. And he fires off the snap with great leverage and punch to get that initial movement, and you get him working combo blocks. It's better than anything in the center, anything in this class that a center does that's not named John Michael Smith is Ricky Stromberg working com- uh, combos. Um, the reason why he's not super high is the pass pro isn't great right now. Like hands are late and wide, has some lean. You know, so there's bad pass for us, but once he's connected, he's great. So I think those are things that do get uh, fixed and can be worked upon. So round four, pick 128, my guy, Ricky Stromberg. This is one of your guys. And I agree. I mean, Stromberg, full-time center. The Giants need a, a full-time center. I mean, I know they have that JC guy from, from Pittsburgh, but outside of that, he's depth. Yeah. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of people criticize us. Roster. A lot of people criticize us in saying that there is no full – you know, we said there is no full-time center on the Giants roster. Oh, but they have this guy from Pittsburgh. Not an answer. I always forget about him, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I he may be worthy of being forgotten about. I am also going to go offensive line with my round four pick, 128 pick. A guy that maybe he can play center in the NFL? That is Emil Ekure Jr. from Alabama, 6'2", 314 pounds, with 33 and 7 eighth inch arms. He is 23, turning 24 next January. Bobby, this... I'm not going to go through like a whole thing. I watched Emil Ekier Jr. at the Iron Bowl when I was in when I was at you know Alabama for that game. He stuck out. He likes. I wasn't even looking to watch him. He was just a guy that stuck. I'm like, who is this 55 guy that just looks so balanced, so under control? Um, you know, t- technically sound too. He can play a little out of control sometimes when I actually went and looked at him. But for the most part, is good feet, good hands. He plays. He plays under control. Um, apparently, this is a thing like the 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 tree of if you have family members that are like former football players, that's a good thing. His father is a former U- UCF and NFL offensive lineman. I watched him like year. He was down at the senior bowl too. had a solid week there. I think he's going to be a solid pro. This is a solid pro that you can get in the middle of the draft. Um, and Emiliak year. I do see him moving to center in the NFL. You see him moving to center in the NFL. So, so maybe the giants will be able to do that. So Emiliak year junior, he's one of the guys that I've watched for, the longest time, and I think he's going to be a solid NFL player. Day after the Giants lose to the Eagles, I'm here in this office in New York City. Show up first thing in the morning. First player I watched was Emil Ekior. So I have a little, like, okay, like let's get back to work. Let's get ready for the draft football hardo moment mm-hmm. that me and Emil Ekior shared. Yeah. I just hope I'm not, like, watching him thinking, oh, Alabama offensive lineman, SEC, that's what they do. They run the ball. Um, like in, it's a little bit of like a Deontay, uh, De, who's that? Deontay Banks from a couple years ago. Remember that Big Mama Luke? Deontay Banks is in this year's class. Deontay Banks is in this year's. Who am I thinking of? The Big Mama Luke. Oh, Deontay Brown. Deontay Brown. See, I got the first name yeah, right. But that was that Deontay Brown hype was based off of one play in the playoffs. Yeah, and a picture of him looking like a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, really. The, we the, called that out. Like this guy's. I don't know why anyone. He was getting mocked in the first base off yeah. like a still shot. Yeah. The main thing about Ekier is that I'm not just hoping that oh, just because you're from Alabama and you know you were part of a good offensive line or a solid offensive line that I'm thinking that you're just going to be a good NFL player. But I watch him and I gen- and I genuinely think that. Yeah. So. And I see center move. All right, round five, pick one sixty. I'm getting another offensive lineman. This guy's a project, but I think he's a project worth taking, and that's UCLA offensive lineman John Gaines, six four, three hundred eight pounds. 33 and a quarter inch arm, so good arm length for a guard. The fastest feet in the class for interior offensive line. I say that with with re- a lot of conviction. The fastest feet by far, and the combine testing showed that. So I was like, why is this guy in the fifth round? His hand usage is a total mess. It's trash. It turns him into a not very good player. Like he wasn't great in college because of his hand usage. Like it's low, late, and wide. But again, 
hand usage is stuff that can be worked upon. And again, I'm not, this guy's not coming in starting. I don't want him playing at all his rookie year. I want him becoming, like working on becoming a better offensive line. But again, to have that foot speed, which is what you look for in guards, um, I really like him. And when he is using his athleticism, like he's awesome. Like working, you know, in the run game, work, works in space into the second level very well. So I'm taking a chance on fast feet with John Gaines with round five, pick 160. And this is easily a fit for what seems we like. We saw it with the Zudu last year. It's saw it with the Zudu a similar last year. role. Yeah. Uh, this is easily, I would say, one of the best fits that we have, you know, in terms of the latter portions of the draft. Day three fits. John Gaines fits what I think Bobby Johnson, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, what they're what they're kind of looking for in an interior offense alignment. And really what this and you know, what I think just Joe Shane looks for, I think they look for athletes, regardless whether you're a big man or if you're a smaller guy. They look for athletes. And John Gaines is definitely that. Uh round five, pick one sixty. I still got guys in my ear that I did not take an interior defense alignment. I still got guys in my war room saying, Justin, what the fuck are you doing? You got to get an interior defense alignment. You got to get a guy that can stop the run. We need more depth. And I'm going to get Moru Ojomo from the University of Texas. 6'3", 292 pounds. He is 21, turning 22 in the month of August. That fits Joe Shane's little mold of we like him young. Ojomo is one of the best run defenders in this class. Um, I think it's a coach's clinic on what it takes to play the run from a technical level at the interior defensive line spot. And he uses his long arms, his 34 and a half inch arms. He uses them very, very well, especially against the run. He plays low and he's strong like a bull. I really think he understands the, the age old, you know, the old age adage of football of the lower man wins. He has an eye and feet connection. Everything is playing in unison with each other. I think he fights through the rep. He has various ways to shed blocks and he doesn't give up on plays. The thing with Ojima, those long arms, that's the bet. Like he's able to land that punch and yeah. stand. It's pretty important. I need to start talking into the mic. Go ahead. <laughs> he isn't the best athlete. That that that's the only thing. For for his size, 6'3, 292, that's not the biggest interior defensive lineman. You're hoping that he would just be a better athlete. And he's not. He kind of plays a little stiff. He's probably not going to get after the QB at a great rate, but you're drafting a guy here in the fifth round that you know what you're going to get. From the get-go and from the start, this is a young football player who can get stronger and has a role in the NFL day run day one as a run defender. Yeah, yeah. All right, pick f- uh, round five, pick 172. It's the second, fifth round pick. This comes over from the Evan Ingram comp pick. And usually I don't repeat picks in mock drafts, or but this is a three-time repeat. The post-senior bowl pre-free agency, the draft month, and then today I'm re- – Using the the tight end evening of comp pick to pick a tight end out of Purdue, Payne Durham. 6'3", 253 pounds. Uh, this guy is going to have a four-year role for the Giants as a blocker. You know, like he blocks as well as some tackles, like, you know, sealing the edge. He's really good. And I think there's some technique stuff that he can clean up on to become even better of a blocker. So why is a guy, this guy here in the fifth round, he's a slow. He's the slowest tight end in the draft. The slowest tight end probably that we've evaluated uh, in talking Giants history, he ran a four eight seven forty at the combine, um, so that makes him only a first level receiver. But again, I, I have a role for this guy, and for as slow as he is, I mean, he had five hundred sixty yards this last season, had fourteen touchdowns the last two seasons. Anything you do throw at him, he catches and uses body positioning and just has like strong hand. We saw uh, Jeff was down there at the Senior Bowl. We saw him pull in some like acrobatic catches, even though it's like he had no separation, but he was able to position by so. I'm using the Evan Ingram comp pick to pick another t- the the anti uh, the the antithesis of Evan Ingram. You can't get Payne, more different than Payne Durham. You cannot get more different <laughs> from Evan Ingram than Payne Durham for sure. Giants have met with Payne Durham. Yeah, top thirty visit. They seem interested. So, uh, round five, pick one seventy two. I am going to be taking Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan, six five, two hundred fifty one pounds. He's old, twenty four, turning twenty five. In September, but Joe Shane did show a little bit of a tendency to maybe move away from drafting the solely young guys as day three went on. So don't don't get too hesitant with that age, Bobby. I, I, you like Luke Shoemaker. Um, you're you're, you're a fan of him. Yeah. Um, I I was surprised at his athleticism, uh, especially at the combine with this forty speed. He has long strides. He's a smooth athlete. I think that shows up on film. He knows how to find space. I think he's a very QB friendly tight end. He ate in the middle of the field and could stop on a dime to make catches, and this even includes routes that are at or near the sticks. I think he's a solid blocker. The only thing is is that he's 6'5", 251 pounds. 
He doesn't play like it. Uh, very limited yards after the catch and broken tackles on his film. Despite the speed, he's not just a thumper. Um, only three contested catches on 12 attempts. He is not the most physical tight end out there um, in the receiving game. Blocks so, very well in space, though. Blocks well. So, Luke Shoemaker, you want to tell me a little bit more, a little bit more about him? You probably yeah, have done he just a little blocks bit more of an really email. well in space. Like, I don't think anyone did a good, better job blocking Jack Campbell, who we love out of Iowa, than Luke Shoemaker. So, it's it's good. Obviously, older, you know. As a receiver, it's like he kind of catches the ball and that's it. Not going to give you like much jack. Uh, but I, if he was 22 years old, he would be like a much higher guy for me. Yeah. But here you like it. All right. Round six, pick 209. The Giants don't own their own six-round pick. They traded away dude to Keon Crossan. So this is the the end of the Kadarius Tony trade. Uh, I'm going LSU defensive tackle Jacqueline Roy. This one guy was like, if you look at you know the day after the draft, mock drafts, it was rated pretty damn high. At 6'3", 305 pounds. Now, he tested bad, but I think he's a good enough athlete for the spot. Just a stunning punch, right? Like, it's got so much power in it. The issue is he doesn't really lands it uh, well. Um, Doesn't really give you much pass rush value, even though he has some wins here or there. But in reality, I took Kalaja Kansi in the first. This guy is a a really good two-gapper, whether it's holding up with strength and using his eyes. And he can have some bad reps versus double teams, but for the most part, holds up uh, a double so. Uh, round six two nine. I'm taking Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Roy. Um, I'm, you know, that's another one of those guys where you watch him and it's like, I, I, I think your skill set is going to transfer to the NFL well, and I think you're going to have a, a good and long NFL career. So I, I, I really love that pick. That's one of my favorite uh, day three picks that you've got. Who do you got? Oh, who do I got? Where are we? We're at a uh, pick two o nine, right? Last the six round pick. Yeah, six round pick. Pick two o nine. I'm going to be taking Juice Scruggs. What a name. What a name. Juice Scruggs, 6'3", 301 pounds. From Penn State, he is a center. Slash guard, 23 turning 24 in the month of January. Um, He's a team captain and a bit of a veteran voice in that offensive line room at Penn State. He was a three-year starter with 17 games at center and nine games at guard started. Uh, His hands are patient, uh, and and when they land, they land inside. Uh, His base is wide. He's a balanced football player. High football IQ and head is always on a swivel looking for work, watching for stunts and some late rushes. Uh, He started every game the last two years after having some injury injury troubles and injury problems earlier in his early in his uh, Penn State career. He's not the best athlete. That's the thing. Not the best athlete and doesn't have the best foot quickness. So even though the IQ may be there, um, the fact that it fact that he's not the best athlete and his feet don't move that quick. You know, maybe that's why he could lose some reps. But Juice Scruggs, uh, I am adding another interior offensive line in this draft, and I'm getting a guy that does actually have center experience. So all of you saying that, oh, Justin, you're going to draft Emil Eckier Jr. to play center? Well, I'm getting a guy that does have center experience. Very nice. All right, we have three seventh-round picks, but before that, we have an ad. Before that, we have an ad, and Justin wasn't even ready to click on it. Boo! Manscaped. Breaking news. Manscaped is sponsoring our draft stream. They're running it back. Thank you, Manscaped. They're running it back. Third year in a row. They're here for the third year in a row. We we remember things like this. We remember things like this. So really, the best pitch to Manscaped isn't even like their best products of you know whatever's going on with you got to protect your face because Manscaped doesn't just do down below now. They're doing up above, and they're keeping you clean. They're keeping you good. They're keeping you trimmed. Up here and down there as well. So um, thank you to Manscaped for third year in a row. We're running, we're running it back for the draft stream, and it's fantastic. I'm so excited. The draft is here, and the most exciting prospect is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head to toe with our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has has long had their lawnmower 4.0, but in 2023, they have the Beard Hedger to ensure the face of your franchise is a pretty one. Man, the puns keep getting better. That's right, the Beard Hedger and Lawnmower 4.0, they're franchise-changing. They're a franchise-changing combo that will have you looking at your roster with some pride. Those are some pretty safe draft picks. Those are draft picks that I got at the top of my board. The Beard Hedger and the Lawnmower 4.0, they're studs. Can't miss players, some say. Now it's time to make sure you look good out there with the Beard Hedger, and it's 20 positions of precision, so you can get the right length that you want. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com when use code GIANTS. Go from Mr. Irrelevant to a first-round pick with Manscaped. 
Wow. Nice. All right, three seventh-round picks. Let's go quick through Nice. Them. Round seven, pick 240. This pick comes over from the Ravens in the Ben Bredesen pick swap when the they traded for him post-training camp in uh, 2021. I'm getting a guy who played under the Giants linebacker, Coach John Agorgu, Coach Eggs, uh, and that's Vandy linebacker Anthony Orji. Mm. Six foot one, 230 pounds. Um, obviously a smaller linebacker. Seems like the whole linebacker class is like this. But he's aggressive, plays stronger than he is, but he will get swallowed up by blocks when you know when he is not able to beat them with speed and aggressiveness. But he's got a good feel for zone coverage. And, man, he needs some technique cleaned up. But, again, this is – this is the end of the seventh round, so you got to be realistic with what you're getting. But I, I, I take a linebacker who's got good athleticism, some familiarity with the coaching staff, um, and can fit some schematic things that like Wink Martindale likes to do. Yeah, my round seven pick, 240, I'm going with Daneric Prince running back out of Tulsa. This is a guy that runs tough. He's a guy that runs tough, and he has a nice, little, he has a nice little 40. Um, his 40 is... Four four one, so it's not the quickest, but it's also not the slowest. Good it's size, fast for a back. Yeah, good. I mean, good, good size with an athletic frame. Um, you know, he's a strong back. He has some big play potential. So I am adding a running back. Um, to you know, that's what I like to do. It's kind of like a tradition. Get a running back in the seventh round that could that can add some depth and maybe add a little bit of little bit of versatility to uh to your to your team. Round seven, pick 243. This is the Giants' own seventh-round pick. I'm going Iowa State safety, Anthony Johnson Jr., six foot, 205 pounds. Uh, just a versatile safety who plays with instincts and has an aggressive demeanor with him. Like Again, plays fast and furious in the run, but he's not the strongest guy in the world, so he can get knocked around if he's not able. Kind of sim- similar to Anthony Orji, but obviously Anthony Johnson playing from the the uh, the corner or the safety position. Um pretty solid in zone and man he can kind of be picked on but i think he's got some athleticism to to recover well if he does lose because he'll kind of get his hips in a mess but um but you don't want to put him in a bunch of man situations so a guy who's solid in zone plays fast and aggressive iowa state safety anthony johnson jr i'm taking another safety and it's another round that we are stacking where we are picking the same position man the Giants' secondary are going to be pretty damn good if they follow my lead round seven uh pick 243. I'm taking Jordan Howden. Howden, safety out of Minnesota. Bobby, right, this is a guy that I think is smart. He's got good football IQ. He has 49 career starts, which that's a lot of starts. He's a he's a team captain. I like that he's a smooth athlete. I also like how he's able to attack. He attacks and he kind of moves downhill, goes after and attacks the run a little bit, but he's also intelligent as a deep safety too, and he's instinctive back there too. So Jordan Howden, let's round out the secondary and one more secondary pick. Um, in a secondary heavy draft for me. Yeah. All right. Last pick of our 2023 mock drafts. Round seven, pick 254. This comes over from the Keon Cross. This is a Keon Cross and comp pick for the contract he got from the Dolphins. I'm also going Minnesota. Running back, Muhammad uh, Ibrahim. Five foot eight, 203 pounds. So you're thinking he's going to be like some scat back? He's not. Um, he is a tackle breaker, but doesn't have a loose of speed. But he plays tough as hell. Um, had the second most yards after contact in all of college uh, this past year. First out of the guys in this class. Um, doesn't have that elusive speed, even though he is a really good tackle breaker and like with spin moves, lateral cuts. Um, but also had a big workload over five years at Minnesota. Has some injury history. But I'm, I think I'm taking a guy who's a solid back. Last pick, you know, last pick for the Giants in the seventh round. Last pick for me. I'm taking Ryan Hayes. Offensive tackle from the University of Michigan. This is a guy that... I'm like, he's definitely not going to last until the seventh round. This is definitely like a, a pro football network error that they had of like, oh, this guy, I had to like search for this guy too. This guy, no matter what was going to be, if he was there, he was going to be my last pick in this draft. He was going to be a seventh round pick. I don't even have like an eval, but I watched him down to the senior bowl. He was more like, he was good against uh, an underwhelming edge rusher presence down there at the senior bowl. But Ryan Hayes kind of held his own. And I thought that, you know, he was one of one of the best tackles, you know, down there. And lo and behold, he's kind of projected as the seventh round guy. And then when I was watching Jack Campbell, um, Iowa versus Michigan, I was like, oh, who's this tackle that's holding as well? You know, who's kind of holding his own against Lucas Van Ness? It was Ryan Hayes that was doing all right against against some against a talented defense like that. So Ryan Hayes, uh, let's get some tackle depth. Giants do kind of need a swing tackle, maybe sorta. Let's add a let's add an offensive tackle. The last pick of this, the last 
pick of the Giants draft for me. All right, that's an episode. We are going to be back uh, tomorrow morning, Friday morning, recapping the Giants' first round pick. We're going to be and live. streaming. We're going to be yeah. live for all of it. We should have talked about that a little. We more didn't in the talk beginning. about that in the beginning. We're going to be live for the entire draft, so please join us. It'd be very, it'd be very helpful, and we we want you guys to be a part of that. Remember the moments. Like the video. We'll have draft film breakdowns like this video right now. If you're listening on YouTube, <sighs> it's draft day, baby. It is draft day, 2023. We appreciate you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go Big Blue.